Jamie, welcome to the Hustle and the Powers of Podcast, mate. How are you today? Yeah, really good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. No problem at all, no problem at all. So, Jamie, for people who don't know who you are, who are you, what's your name, and what do you do? So, my name is Jamie. I run a deal packaging company based in Hull called Find My Houses. Um, we help people to start and scale portfolios across Hull and East Yorkshire. Um, it's a bit of a different area of the world than what most people are in, um, but it's an area where we found that... Um, we found deals come thick and fast um, and it's, it's a really kind of good barrier to entry for investors as well. Yeah, interesting, mate. And I think um, Hull, Hull's pretty like Liverpool and, and the world in the sense, isn't it, where it's, it's re- still relatively relatively cheap compared to the the rest of the UK, is it? Yeah, 100%. I think it's kind of that middle ground between um, kind of Birmingham, where I think I kind of look at the country in belts. So you've got Birmingham here, you've got Hull and kind of Liverpool and Manchester and these kind of areas here, and then you've got the North East. So we yeah. kind of stay in the middle of that. So we're not the cheapest, but we're definitely not the most expensive in the, in the North, if you like. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when did you start then, Jamie? Because I know you're still, you know, you're young, aren't you? Still. So when did you start? So my property journey kind of started when I was like 13, 14. And it sounds a little bit cliche, but my uh, when my mum and dad separated, we had a house to sell, and um, just naturally quite inquisitive, you know, 13, 14 years old, and we got chatting about mortgages and all this kind of stuff. I was like, oh, interesting. Anyway, long story short, one day when, when um, the house was on the market, the estate agent couldn't make the view, but it was like an afternoon. I think it was like four o'clock. So he rang my dad and then my dad rang me. He was like, are you at home? I was like, yeah. He was like, can you show this guy around the house? By all means. So anyway, I showed this guy around the house um, and I ended up selling the house. And I was like, oh, that was easy. So fast forward a few years, left school. I did an apprenticeship in travel agency, which wasn't for me. Um, and then got to yeah got to 16 uh, maybe 17 18 and i got a job in an estate agent um because again i was thinking that that's that's the route into property get into estates you're gonna meet loads of investors loads of vendors you're gonna meet everyone um and estate agency was really good like you know i think give me a very good foundational understanding of where i'm at right now but um i just realized it wasn't for me the mm. whole the whole um constant chasing of buyers and sellers um it is a bit of a I mean, fortunately at the time, we were in a very hot market, so things were selling very quick and, and very good prices, and everyone was happy. Yeah. Um, I think if we were to do that now, it would be a very different story with the way the market is. Even though things are moving, um, I wouldn't like to be in the game now. But, um, but yeah, it gave me a really good understanding as to where I'm at now. Um, I think there's a lot to be said about kind of cutting your teeth in something like a state agency, because yeah. there's a lot, there is a lot to learn. Um, and it's not just... I think a state agency gets a bit of a bad rep. I think... Yeah. I think stage is like the second most hated people on the high street. Um, the parking ticket man or something. Yeah, I think the the traffic world's number one. <laughs> banks are number three. So, you know, I've not worked in the most um, liked industries, but um, but yeah, it, I think they do get a bad rep, and I think there is a lot of genuinely good estate agents out there. Um, and I'm I'm pleased I worked with a few of them myself. But but yeah, it was kind of that I thought was my way in, and then um, I left the property world, if you like, um, ended up coming across an education company. Um, and spending quite a bit of money with them, but worth it, in my opinion, worth every penny. I think that there's a lot to be said about decent property education. Um, yeah, getting an understanding because at the time I was thinking, um, I actually watched a podcast with someone. I can't remember who it was off the top of my head, and um, they were talking about deal packaging. Now they bought, they they were looking for deals for themselves, and then they'd found an investor um, who was interested in buying. He was like, I just transfer the money, and I was like, seems like a good idea. Seems pretty simple. Um, and kind of walked away from that thinking. I've got this myself and then had a quick Google search and realized everyone was doing it uh, and making really good money off it. Um, and like I said, came across an education company, got myself educated and then 
probably about three or four months after that, I decided to leave my job and kind of pursue it full time. So since November last year, November 2022, I've been at this um, full time. Happy days, mate. Happy days. So again, I, I, it's a similar journey, journey to me. I, I, uh, I worked in the state seasons for a little while. Um, and and yet, and the guy who I've just had on yesterday, Brian Smith, he, he worked in the state agents for a while, again, because he thought that was the way to learn about property. And I do think, like you said, it is a good way to learn about property. But what, in terms of, obviously, a state agency and property investments are a complete different thing. What did what, what in a state agency did you learn that transitions into sort of property investment, would you say? I think the big thing is probably the, it, the, the communication side of it and how and how a deal actually like whether it's whether it's an investment deal or you know a residential purchase the flow is the same through like conveyancing and survey and mortgage and all that kind of thing yes um, i remember my, my first or second day i think it was my second day actually, first day was a bank holiday um i was on the phone to some um solicitors and i was like i don't know what to ask these people like where 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 are we at kind of thing um and I think there's a lot to be said about just just doing it, just kind of. And obviously, when you work for a state as well, I'm not saying that this is the case, but it's not your neck on the line. Mm. I mean, so you, in essence, you kind of can make mistakes, and you can learn, and you're in an environment where you can learn. Um, and like I said, there's a lot of good estate agents out there. Um, the company I work for, like I said, I can't fault. Um, and but yeah, the learning curve was massive from a from a communication perspective, like how a, how a property transaction works. And I think it's just a natural people and sales aspect of it as well um i think you know for 17 18 years old getting your confidence up in front of them kind of people is is yeah worth its weight in gold do you think someone coming sort of fresh out of fresh out because i know they actually do apprenticeships and stuff like that in a state agency like you like you said you went to do a travel agency probably a pressure decision but you didn't you just you, you thought right i need to do something here and you've ended up doing that i think the big thing to be fair with a travel agency was just learn how to sell I think that was kind of my, that was how I saw that was, I mean, I wasn't planning on staying at school or going to six. In fact, I wasn't even invited to go back to sixth form. My grades weren't that good. I think I scraped everything. Um, but again, from a young age, just wanted to make money. That was all. That was always my intention. Just want to make some money. Well, at least you had, at least you had the, um, the age to want to sell and stuff like that and even know about selling. When I, when I come out of my school, um, I wasn't pressured to make a decision, but it was kind of like, what, what are you going to do? You know, you can't. You can't just sit on your arse, basically. So I was like, okay, I'll go to college and do plumbing. Um, and my dad still takes the piss on me to this day. Like, I still can't turn a tap off and stuff like that. Like, How long were you doing it for? I was doing it for two years. It was yeah. it was, it was a waste of time. I said, fuck, I learned absolutely nothing. When you're 16 and, you know, like a community college. You're not interested in that, are you? You're not interested. You don't, you don't learn anything. And I think there was about 20, 20 odd lads on the course. And I don't think any of them, any of them are still doing it today. You know, maybe one of them. Um... But yeah, I was working a couple of days, doing a couple of days a week then and working the, the rest. So I was, I was earning money, which is all, which, yeah. which is what, you know, oh, well, what, what really, isn't it? So, um, but yeah, so then you done the estate agency and then you you left and is that when you set up your company, is it? No. So after leaving the estate agency, I went into to banking, um, again, another hated profession. Um, but I basically, it was kind of, again, a little bit naive. So when I was at the estate agency, I came across a mortgage broker for the first time. He walked in and he was wearing a Rolex and had the keys for a BMW. And I thought, I want a piece of that. And again, 17, 18, impressionable, impressionable kind of young lad. Um, so I got chatting to him and he was like, you need to do this qualification. So anyway, I went away and literally within a week, I think I booked my CMAP course, which is a qualification for mortgage advice. I said, I'm going to have a week off and I'm going to do this. So I did that, 
past my CMAP one, and then um, while I was kind of looking at that, I was thinking, okay, where, where's the opportunity as a mortgage advisor? Because again, my understanding was a lot of them are self-employed, and yeah, is there anything where I can walk out of here and still get a salary? So me being me, thinking maybe a bank's not a bad idea because you know they're always you know people go to banks for mortgages. Um, so anyway, yeah, left to go to a bank. Um, and again, I think the money was a lot better. I think that was probably a big part. And again, at 17, 18, that's what you're thinking about, aren't you? You're not thinking, yeah. where's the, the career progression as such? Yeah. But the job I took was temporary. It was a six-month contract. Um, and my thought was, I'll do the six months and then I'll set up my own, my own firm, whether it's, well, at this point, all I was thinking was a mortgage brokers. And probably up until the beginning of 2022, that was, all, that was always the plan. The, pl- the actual plan document that I've got um, is have my own brokers and then a bit of property sourcing on the side just now and again when i come across deals we'll, we'll sell them on yeah. um probably a bit blase and naive but it is what it is um yeah plan was to do the six months at the bank and then and then leave and set up my own brokers which i thought which everyone that's talked to thought i was absolutely mad they were like why are you going to do that i was like well i'm young and probably a bit impressionable and naive again so so yeah um did the six did the i think we're about three months in and they were like oh you know, one off of your full time job, and I was thinking, well, of course, not a good idea. The money's good, and you know, I'm still young. I could, I could have been there for five years and not even been 25. So I was like, well, at the end of the day, it's probably not a bad. And again, cut your teeth. It's sales. It's learning. It's it's, it's a regulated sales environment. So you've got to learn about you know different can and can't do's. And obviously, yeah. the banks always have bad reps. You know, I remember the PPI thing a few years ago. Yeah. Um, and people walk in again. Realize this early on. People walk into a bank and they don't really want to speak to somebody because they feel like it's a they're trying to sell them something. I wasn't, I was never that really, I was never that kind of guy. I was always kind of a bit chilled out. And even if you want something, then we, we can kind of help you with it. Um, yeah, I was there for for a little while. Um, and then I've been there about a year and then a mortgage vacancy came up, a mortgage advisor vacancy came up. In the interview, they were like, jobs come up all the time. You know, every every role was looking for mortgage advisors. And it took about a year, but I was like, you know what, I'll go for it, see if we get it. And um, the night before my interview, I was with my mate at the gym and he said, I hope you don't get that job. Because I told him the plan. There's a document on my phone, and it says if I do it, um, beginning my own business, it's called, and it's dated something like the seventh September at like eleven o'clock at night, and it's literally option one is I get the job, and I purchase a property, and it be a flip, and I just carry on kind of doing what I'm doing. Option two, if I don't get the job, have my notice in, and, and then start my business. So I um I did the interview, all that kind of thing, and then didn't get the job. I got a phone call on a Tuesday afternoon. It was like you haven't got the job. I was like, fair enough, no worries. And I was a bit down out, but then I realized, probably let's turn this negative into a positive. Um, on the Friday, I went and handed my notice in. Um, and I just said, you know, I'm young, you know, 19 years old. I was earning good money. And I thought, if I can't do it right now, then when can I do it? Because the risk there is that you end up meeting, you know, if you meet somebody and you have a house, you have a partner, you could have a child, whatever, in, in you know, three, four, five years, you might just keep on kicking the can down the road and just not start a business. Um, and again, I've seen that so many times. I think we're always working with all the people. I hear a lot of, I wish I'd done this, I wish I'd done that. And I made a commitment to myself that I was like, I don't want to ever say that. I want to be, I've done this, I've done that. Whether it's worked or not, at least you say you've tried it. And um, I just didn't want to have any regrets. And I think that's where it came from. So left my job um, in the November. And then, yeah, started the business kind of, I, I mean, I'd already kind of started up unofficially. I wasn't really doing much. Um, and then, yeah, started up. I think my first day in business was like the 6th or the 7th of November, 2022 which was, again, was a massive learning curve. Because I think when you're walking away from stability, which, you know, any job is really, you've yeah. got, there's a lot to be learned, and especially at a young age as well. Because um, people are thinking, you know, why are you, you know, you're nine, you know, 19 years old or whatever. When realistically, you know, there's a lot of knowledge up here. Um, yeah. and, you know, I know I'm doing three, you know, a couple of years experience in the property industry already. 
Uh, I think the big thing about it is just being passionate about what you do. I think if you're passionate about passion will carry you as far as you want it to, really. Yeah. And if you've got a good work ethic, then that's just a bonus on top. I think you've got to you've got to be resilient. Obviously, you'll know this yourself. You know, you've got to be resilient in anything that you do. That's mm-hmm. different. You know, any it's very easy to to stay somewhere. Whereas if you kind of if you want more for yourself, then you've got to just kind of think right. Okay, I need to work a bit harder to get what I want. If that makes sense. Yeah, most definitely does. It most definitely does. So at that point, so that was twenty two, uh, November twenty two. How old were you then? Then I was nineteen. Nineteen, he says. Yeah. Okay, and then, and then now you've obviously you found your company. You're doing well. How's it going? Yeah, things are actually you know really good. To be fair, um, we've taken on our first office, which I think was a big stepping stone. Uh, working from home is great, and I'm, I'm not at home today. But um, there are a lot. You know, again, I find a lot from going to a place of work. Um, yes. Yeah. No distractions because at home it's very easy to like. I'll do this after. I'll you know I'll put the TV on or I'll yeah. you know, go in the kitchen and chuck some darts, whatever it might be. Um, <laughs> when you were at the office, it's like work mode is kind of activated. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, things are good. We've got uh, we're hopefully today going to agree another deal on the property. Um, and yeah, things are just kind of coming along nicely. Um, I think what I, the biggest kind of learning from the last year is that things don't happen overnight. You know, things yeah. take time. Um. And again, I was really a little bit impatient, to be quite honest. That first year, I was thinking everything's going to happen straight away. You're going to leave and then that's it. Everything's, you know, you're doing five deals a week and it's just, it's not a case. Um, you know, the first few months definitely were quite slow. And I think it's only, to be quite honest, in this last three or four months where I've really realised, like, what works and then just doing more of that and just, yeah. just ramping up. And I think, you know, there's a saying in there when, okay, it's something about, you know, I can't remember, I'm going to embarrass myself, I can't remember, but when everyone else is winding down, that's when you wind up. And yes. I think I look at myself like that, as in, like, you know, agents, for example, that November to January kind of period, the foot's off the gas, people are buying and, and sourcing companies and other companies are the same. It's like, now, okay, let's, let's put the foot down. Let's keep the momentum going into the new year and let's make 2024 our best year. Yeah, most definitely. And um, with with the sourcing company, then, what, what is it you're sourcing? Is it is it all types of different strategies at single let HMOs or is, have you got a niche or so we primarily focus on single let properties across Hull um, and East Yorkshire to, to be quite honest but we are delving a bit more into the into HMOs so the deal we're hopefully going to agree today is a HMO um, we've done um, a couple of like BRR to SAs that we've sourced for, for an investor of ours um, so obviously that's again a strategy that I've, had to, you know, I've had to learn a little bit more about the SA side of things had a yeah. high level understanding of how it works and the benefits but then those are the complexities with like capital allowances and finance and all that kind of thing, which has been again really eye-opening experience. But hopefully, that's something we can build on next year as well. Um, is going into that SA market because Hull has a massive contractor market with all the investment going on around it. Um, there's a, there's a strong demand, so it is something that's probably not really being done just yet. I think it's something that we could we could get in on. You know, is it a passing fad? I don't think so. I think SA is here to stay. Um, I think it was definitely boomed during COVID times when you know staycations were big and all that kind of thing. Yeah, and for us, we found the, the you know the foundational strategies is buy to let. So why yeah. overcomplicate it? Yeah, that's it. And and like you said about the SA thing, if you've got a big contractor market, I don't know what you've got there in Hull to make it that. But um, you, you know, it's 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 there for the long haul, isn't it? Of course it is. Yeah, and I think you know investment in, into a city is never going to stop. Whether it's Leeds, Birmingham, Manchester, Liverpool, you know, wherever that is, there's always going to be like that continuous investment going in. Um, and I always say kind of holds at the stage now of where Leeds and Manchester probably were 15, 20 years ago, where yeah. all the development was coming in. And now we're seeing that in Hull. And, you know, in my opinion, I'm, I'm not just saying this because it's an area that I 
as you sell, but um, it is the hidden gem in the north, you know, and that investment that's going in. I mean, there's a there's a three hundred and fifty five million pound ring road project going on at the minute, and that's been going on for a few years. If you've been to Hull, you'll probably be inside the traffic, so you, you know about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, there's that going on. There's a lot of, like with the wind farms and you know, the offshore wind farms and that kind of thing, um, and that's just like two the bigger projects, but obviously a lot of private investment going into the city as well. So they, the SA market, yeah, it is massive. Um, yeah. And contracts are always looking for somewhere to stay. So it, again, it seems like a bit of a natural progression. Once we've kind of nailed one, it's like, okay, well now we can try a bit of, uh, try a bit of this. Yeah, definitely. One thing I wanted to touch on Jamie as well, just a little bit off what we've been speaking about is I, I know you started early, uh, like myself, I started early. Um, and I know you were networking around 19. Um, how how was that for you? How did how did you overcome? Because I, I knew about property at 19. I knew about networking meet, meetings at 19. I maybe went to one, but I was just like, oh no, this is well too out my out my comfort zone. So for people listening who are maybe 19, 20 and thinking, oh, you know, what can I maybe offer? Or, you know, I, I worried about going, what would you say? Because I know, I, I know now from outside looking in, when you do see younger lads, 18, 19, going to these network meetings, they're being, everyone loves them because like, oh my God, he's 19, he's getting, and they're getting loads of advice for, for yeah. free just because they're 19, young. So what would you say about that? What was your, how did you overcome it firstly? I think, you think you're absolutely right. I think you're naturally favoured in a room because you're young and you're ambitious. So a lot of these networking meetings that, that you know, the, the boys and girls that are there are probably, you know, at least 25. You know, typically they're all. You, you, typically, if you're 18, 19, you're one of the youngest person in that room. The first one I ever went to was actually in Birmingham, so it was a long way from me. Um, it was like a three-hour drive there. It was a three-hour event and a three-hour drive back. Um, but but I, I just sat and soaked everything up. I didn't kind of, you know, obviously some networking events that you go to, it's just a big sales pitch for everybody. Was yeah. I was like, no, don't want, don't want to do that. Just going to sit and listen, you know, chat with a few people, and then see what happens. And I looked at it. I didn't really look at it like a. A networking event person it was like you're going out and you're going to chat to a few people and that, that was it there was no pressure to sell anything or to buy anything or anything like that um so yeah, the first couple i went to again networking's pretty thin on the ground by me so um we've got a pin meeting and we've got a ppn meeting around us but then that's that's it really um, yeah so yeah i went to um i went to birmingham have you heard of saj hussein in birmingham what's it called he's called saj hussein he's like a, a quite a yes yes yeah 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 his was the first event I ever went to. Um, I drove down and I remember him saying, you know, that's some commitment, driving three hours for an event. Um, and like I said, just kind of soaked up the environment, kind of got a feel for what people were doing. And actually met, actually met some people I still speak to today. And that was, who would that be? That would have been probably a, that would probably be the beginning of 2022, that. Um, yeah. And then again, just kind of got to a few more Manchester and all them kind of areas. I actually did a couple in Liverpool as well. Um, and I think the idea there was, it's not about finding it's not about finding vendors or anything at networking events. I always looked at it to find investors. So I thought, yeah. going to these areas outside the city where people aren't doing what I'm doing, that's probably an easier, an easier yeah. sell because you can kind of sell the area. But again, probably didn't start doing that until later on. You know, the first few, again, were just, like say, soaking up the environment, seeing what it's all about. And then um, from there, I think it's a really good one if you, if you are worried about going to an event. Just get yourself there. You know, the tickets for networking events are, you know, next to nothing. So, you know, if you get yourself to a networking event, it's so weird. I've always joked about it, but it's more cheesy to get a girl's phone number at a networking event than it is on a night out. Um, you might <laughs> but, um, but you just get chatting to people and you've got to think when you walk into the room, everyone's kind of on the same 
wavelength as you. You know, it's a room where you, it's a bit of a safe space. We can ask questions and you can yeah. hopefully get answers to your questions as well. But everyone's there for one reason. That's to be better than, than they currently are or, you know, you know, improve where they're at right now. So I think if you look at it like that, then there is no real pressure. I'm probably guilty of now not going to enough networking events. Yeah. Uh, but again, it can be quite easy to get lost in just becoming a networker. I think you have to be doing something and networking. You know, a couple of events a month is probably like where I'm at right now. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's just about finding events that work well, because not every event is, for, you know, for me um, or, or for, for someone listening. Um, just find the events that you enjoy going to and you enjoy meeting people. I think it's, don't look at it like it's just a big social, because then you don't end up, you don't end up making new connections. Or it's very easy at a networking event, and you might notice yourself come to just kind of stay with one person and you're not, yeah. then you're not networking, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just kind of don't overthink it. Don't worry too much about it. Have a little pitch prepared on, you know, why you're there, it, you know, whether you tell something or not. Um, yeah. Don't overthink it, I think, is the, the moral of that little story. Yeah. Well, that's it. Well, now, like, I, I haven't been to one in... A few years maybe but I, th- I think i was scarred from when i was like 19 20 like going to them and just like i'm quite i'm quite i'm quite a confident person but i don't know just in them environments it can when, when you're a younger lad it can be um or just younger when, when, when you're younger and you've got people there like the minimum age like you say maybe 25 26 27 and like when you're 18 19 the person who's when you're 18 and the person who's 19 you think they're well older than you when you're that age yeah, yeah. But now you're tw- 25, you have mates, you know, 24, you have mates who are sort of 30 odd or, you know, even 40 and stuff like that. And it's just normal. But when you're younger, you have a bit of a different mindset, like you say. But um, I noticed you, you've had a few little achievements in the, in the past year as well, haven't you? You've obviously had the becoming the finalist of the Young Property Entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was a really good one. I think that was probably like a nice way of seeing the progress being measured. Um which was quite nice. And it's nice to be recognised, you know, I think yeah. that's the key thing. But I think um, a friend of mine sum- summarised it quite well, you know, as- achievements are just silver linings, but the dedication to becoming the best is what sets you apart. Um, and that kind of really hit home. I think I really took a lot from that. Um, I'd say being recognised is obviously is, is fantastic. Um, but then and the other side of that is that there's a lot of people that are doing exceptionally well and nobody knows about it. Do you know what I mean? So you're always going to find that... that balance and it's similar to networking events just kind of touch back on that is these people out there that are absolutely smashing it but never go to networking events yeah. so it's always a bit of a funny funny one but yeah i think being being a finalist in the young property entrepreneur was, was definitely a highlight um just to be thought of i think is nice and it's a nice bit of credibility to see that other people think that of you as well yeah and you're obviously in your local paper as well mate which is a, which is a big achievement yeah, isn't the local it? paper was a bit of a funny one i got a text off a, off a lady i used to work with so you know seeing your, your thing in the paper i was like Thinking, you know, thinking worst case scenario, you know, what was about then? And then I, I got one. And I, again, I, mean, young, I don't really read the paper. Um, in fact, that's the first newspaper I've, I've bought for the past. <laughs> I don't think I've ever bought a newspaper. I think it must be the first one. Um, and yeah, that, that was kind of nice, just to kind of get a bit of brand awareness out there and uh, uh, and do things like that. And then I kind of, I'm quite passionate about speaking to young people as well. Um, yeah. And ch- ch- channeling the inner entrepreneur. Because um, again, I think it's something that's so misled. And we had a brief chat about it before we kind of came on, talking about going down different education routes and whatnot. I think a lot of people think you know they just have to go to college, they have to go to university, and they have to you know do a master's or walk into a job. And I think there's so much out there where you, kids just don't know what they can and can't do. Um, 
and I did a talk at my, my old school actually in, in the, well, just before yeah. the summer. Um, and you know, I asked them, you know, who's planning on going to university and you know, naps in the room, put the hands up and I say, if you plan on being a doctor, nurse or solicitor, probably leave your hand up and you know, each of the kids put the hand up. I was like, so why are you going? And it was all because, you know, we've been told that's the route to go down. And I said, well, you know, I didn't go down that route myself. And I'm not saying I'm the, the, the perfect example of that, but I didn't go down that route myself. Um, I've actually got no level three qualification. <laughs> I didn't finish my apprenticeship. Um, so I think that, you know, you don't, yes, education is important, but it's about finding education that works for you. So for me, you know, traditional school education is all well and good, but what can you apply in the real world? You know, business education, for example. I mean, look at what Alex Hormozzi puts out there for free. That's education in its finest form, in my opinion, you know, because you can learn absolutely any skill with the internet. And it's just about finding it. It's about having the resources and knowing where they are. Um, and obviously, he's done a lot for, for the business world in that sense. You know, there's a lot of property education companies out there. There's a lot of financial education companies out there. You know, personal finance is obviously a massive part of, of anyone's life. But I think of an entrepreneur more than anyone else because you have to kind of know, you have to kind of balance yourself, don't you? You have to know yeah where the money's coming in and where it's going out and the, the best ways to kind of spend it and invest and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, not necessarily one for, for education in the traditional sense, but as far as, you know, learning more about self-development and self-improvement and all that kind of stuff, can't get enough of it. Um, yeah. And it's quite ironic, I always think, cause, you know, I hated school, I hated education then. And then when you step back into that environment, it's like, actually, you know, I don't mind it. It's just, yeah. I was learning, I wasn't enjoying the kind of thing. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the exact same, mate. I, I, I'm not, I love learning, but I love learning about things I love to learn about. And in school, I don't think there was anything I like to learn about at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, but touching back on that point, you know, that, that's amazing that you've done a speaking in your old school. That's, that's, you know, congratulations, mate. That's brilliant. Um, but going back to like the young kids and stuff, if, what would you say to them if they were looking, say, say if a young kid had managed to save up, you know, maybe seven grand or something like that, which is hard for a, for a yeah. younger lad. Very hard. Um, say being on minimum wage and just just grinding it out. What would you say? Do would you would would you recommend the education route, or would you say just get stuck in? I think it depends what someone wants to. If someone wants a property business, then yes, absolutely education. But if someone wants to get on the ladder, you know, you just buy. You know, you know, the old say is the best is the worst house on the best street. You know, mm. if you if you hands on, then go for it. You know, the I don't know about yourself, but I learn best by doing. You could tell me something a million times, but until I do it once, it's never going to fully sink in. Yeah. Trust me, plenty of people around me know that's the case. So if you tell me something a million times, until I do it, yeah, no idea. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think if you're, if you're younger and you're thinking, I want to start a profit business, whether it's sourcing or essay or something, absolutely get the education because without that, you kind of, I don't know, you're not a disadvantage, but you can, you can advantage yourself by investing that money yourself. Yeah. Whereas if you think, you know, actually, I just want to, just want to buy. About, you know, I know plenty of people that have done well. Plenty of our investors have done well without any kind of formal education. Yeah. But but having said that, now we use us. We leverage our knowledge and experience and education yeah. for them. So it's a bit, of, a bit of a funny one. But I think if you're a young lad thinking, get, I want to get stuck in a property, and you're pretty hands on, then what's the harm in going to buy? You know, even if you live on site for yeah, couple of years while you're doing things, just work slowly. Um. You, know, you don't have to turn a project around in six months if you're doing it. You know, if you're doing it as a bit of a side gig while you're working, you can do it over a year or two years or however often, however quick you want to do it. Whereas if you're thinking start a business, absolutely, I'd say education is the most important thing because there's so many. You know, and you'll see this yourself, Carmen, especially on social media. There's so many people that don't have the education that make very, very costly mistakes. Yeah. Um, and there is a lot. You know, that there's a lot. Whether you know, if you ask that, there's a lot to learn. 
Mm. Not just as easy as, as you know, oh, I found a deal and I'm just going to sell it on. You know, you've got to think about the compliance. You've got to think about, you know, your process of doing that. You've got to think, how can I repeat that? Um, it's the same for estate agents as well. You know, the estate agents I worked for, uh, was it was it a franchise was it like a big chain you work for, Callum, or was it like an independent? It wasn't, to be honest. It was um, it, it was one of the biggest on on Merseyside. That was sort of is it private? Not private. Independent is the yeah. word I'm looking for. It was the biggest independent on Merseyside. So it was a, it was a, it was a big one, but it wasn't it wasn't one of these franchises that you jumped in Chapman or you swept yeah, yeah. or whatever, whatever. Yeah. So the company I worked for was was a franchise of a big chain, uh, but they had a really really good program. Um, I can't remember what it was called, but it was like a national qualification. I think yeah. it was kind of approved by Profit Bank or somebody like that. Um, and I think that adds a lot of credibility to yourself. You've got the education. Mm-hmm. If you can show a certificate you've done something, then people, it sounds a bit stupid, but you know you might have that knowledge and not have a certificate, but people will like the, the fact that, again, there's some kind of external credibility there. You know, you've got this qualification in selling houses. You know, And it, you know, to me and you now, that doesn't really mean too much, but for someone who's looking to sell the house and want to put the trust in someone to do that, you might go actually, yeah, he had that qualification, and it's not something I flaunt now, by the way. That you know, three or four years ago, did the qualification to houses, but um, yeah, I think there's um, education whether you go into estate agency, whether you go into even if you're going to just buy to let, then it's not going to, you know, you don't know what you don't know, do you? At the end of the day, no. well, that that's exact. That was exactly what I was going to say. You don't know what you don't know, and um, touching back on what you said about the um, like the big corporate estate agents, some of the people who joined where I was, they said that that was the best training they ever did and they learned so much from it. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, education doesn't have to be, you know, I bought this £3,000 course and I'm going to do it morning, noon and night. It can be, you know, I've got a job. People, people have a lot, obviously people obviously have a lot of pride and people don't like sometimes swallowing the pride to go and try something new. And if you've got a, you know, estate agency isn't the best paying industry, you know, and you'll know that yourself, you know, it all looks glamorous. You watch programmes like, um, one on Netflix a couple of years ago, wasn't it? I can't remember the name of it. Selling, selling software. <laughs> Definitely not like that. Exactly not, mate. You, you know, it's a rainy Monday afternoon. You sit in the office putting a memorandum of sale together or a sales brochure together or something. You know, it's not like that at all. But I think for someone that's maybe in a job right now that they don't enjoy and they think property is what I want to get into, but they're in a you know well-paying job, then maybe just take the pay cut and, and try and try a state agency. You know, what is the worst that can happen? You don't like it. Okay, no worries. You've earned a bit of money. You can go back to doing what you were doing or find something else you're passionate about. Um, and I think, you know, on that education side of things, there's so many free resources out there now, you know, YouTube channels and, and books and, and you know, all that kind of thing that you don't have to, you can get a very good education without paying for it. It's just going to take a bit longer that, you know, ex- education and pay for education just accelerates, accelerates the speed in which you get to the goal. Um, all the, edu- all the information you need to know is out there. It's just how, how much do you value your time in finding that information out for yourself? Yeah, I completely agree. And I'm one of these people that, and I think a lot of people are, that sometimes if you don't pay for the education, you're not, your attention isn't as focused as it should be. When you pay for something, it's like, okay, I paid for this. I need, yeah, yeah. I need to make it work. I need to really get it. Like you say, the Alex Holmes, you think it, that is, the, the like book is released on Spotify and stuff like that is incredible. But there'll be tons of people that just either won't listen or just think, do you know what I mean? Not, because they haven't paid for it. Exactly. Right. Like like you said just then that there's you know if you don't pay for it you you kind of naturally less you pay less attention to it. I'm yeah. not sure if there's a stat on it, but I mean I read something once that you know people you know eight percent of online course people buy they don't even start anyway, and similar kind of number to books people buy books and then never never read them or never open them and there's no point in 
you know, just you bought a book, I don't think people assume that the knowledge is going to go in and you're going to learn something. Yeah. But yeah, Alex Hormozzi, absolutely. And there's a few others out there that do it as well, but I think he's obviously the most prominent one in the business world, isn't he? Um, yeah, most definitely. He's, he's kind of like, he obviously hasn't, but it kind of looks like he's just popped out of nowhere and he's absolutely humongous now. But with the book thing, yeah, as well, I've got about 200 books there, probably read maybe 30 of them max. But but yeah, so what's the plan then with uh, Find My Houses? Obviously, you've got a big year coming for 2024. What's what's the goals for it? Yeah, so in the big the big plan for 2024 is to drive power vendor kind of facing marketing. So that's something we're not doing too well. Well, not doing too good, I don't think now. I think we've done a lot better. Um, and just kind of be bringing more off-market deals into the business um, because, you know, in again, anywhere there's a big market for that. But I think just really driving up our, our end-to-end so from a vendor's perspective, they're meeting us first point of call and we're selling on to one of our investors to make that journey smooth everyone for, for, for investors and for vendors. Um, I'm just about to relaunch our website. So since we rebranded, um, the, the website has just been on like landing pages and stuff. So that's, again, a bit of a big drive for, for 2024. And then just to improve, you know, it sounds a little bit daft, but just to improve our service all around, just to kind of refine what worked, you know, 2023 has been a really good year for feedback. Um, I'm not afraid to ask for it either, which sometimes you wish you hadn't asked for it. Um, But, (laughs) but yeah, I think just kind of implementing the feedback we've had. Um, And, you know, the way I look at it is with the business, we're in a continuous feedback loop. You know, every stage of a transaction, you know, from having an offer, except for asking the investor, okay, what could we have done better there for you? You know, what would improve that experience for you? You know, case management, what could we have done better there for you? He's only, you know, could we have provided you more regular updates? Could we give you less frequent updates? You know, what what did you want to know from us? And then again, you know, the refurb stage, if we're doing a refurb for a client, you know, what could we have done better? What could we, you know, what can we improve on next time? Um, yeah. And you're always learning. So I think it's just about implementing what we've learned 2023, 2022, and then looking now, 2024 is really that year to, to go all in. Um, and I think that's the other side of it as well is probably starting a business perceptions a bit like, you know, not, it's not going to be easy, but you know, there's a lot more to be done than you first, you might first think. Yeah. Um, and you've just got to go all in on that. And I think 2024 is a big, I mean, you know, not saying that the turn of the new year, everything's going to change, but um, just implementing that going forward and adding a bit more structure to days is, is another massive thing as, as well. So I think again, you know, this yourself, when you, when you're doing something for yourself, whether it's a project or you know, your own business, it's so easy to, to kind of lose the structure. You get doing one task and then you just do that task till it's finished, which is all well and good, but there might be two other things that you need to get done that day as well. So, yeah, probably a bit more structure. Per- that's probably more of a personal goal than a business one, but, yeah, I need to get a bit better on my time management. I'm the same, mate. I could do with some structure. I, I, I'm one of these people that need it. Otherwise, I'm, my brain just it doesn't work. Like, I'm everywhere and I'm, I'm yeah, it's, yeah, it's bad. It's bad, but... Anyway, I think that's a, a good point to end on. Jamie, thanks for coming on, mate. Yeah, it's been great to have you on. Appreciate it. I've had a really good conversation. I enjoyed it. Um, so if anyone is looking to invest in Hull or just connect with you, where's the best place to, to find you, Jamie? Um, you know, I'm also on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, it's just Jamie Holland. Um, and then findmyhouses.com is probably if you want to kind of find out more about our service, have a look on there. There's a couple of free bits on there as well to try to see what we do and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, connect with me personally, shoot me a message. I'm always kind of, I've always got my phone on me, so I'm always always getting back to people. Brilliant. Well, like I say, mate, it's been great having you on. I think you're inspiring a lot of people, and especially, the, you know, the young, the, the younger the younger people. Um, what you've done in such a short period of time is incredible. So kudos to you, and um, yeah, thanks very much for coming on, mate. No, thank you for your time. Thanks for having me. No worries. We'll do another one um, maybe mid next year and see where you're at. Yeah, absolutely. All the best, Jamie. Thank you, my mate. Yes.